podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Kulays. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Troy Kadat. Joining me today, super excited about this, is Victor Valencheck, the president of the Pena down in Houston, Texas. As we talk about the big news today, Jordi Alba announces his departure from Barcelona at the end of the season. We'll also talk about Barcelona's loss to Real Valladolid this past weekend. Also, the recent rumors about Kunde. Does he want to be sold or not? And then Victor will give us an update on the Barca tour in the United States. Before we get to these topics, here's a quick word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you'd never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com Barca now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. Hola, Victor. How are you today? I'm doing good, Troy, man. It's good to be here with you. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, super excited about you joining me today and we kick into these topics. Uh, this morning, you know, I woke up and my normal routine now is to just go straight to Twitter. You know, as you know, if you're a Bar- Barca fan like we are, it's as the Barca world turns the soap opera. And today did not disappoint. So as soon as I jumped into Twitter, we got Jordi Elba news. Jordi Elba has announced or the news broke. It's official now. Barca has even said it on their social media channels that he will be leaving after this season. Okay, he's leaving short because he had one more year on his deal. And just so everybody's clear on that, next year he was due $38 million, uh, uh, million euros, not dollars, in euros. Uh, some of that was his regular salary, and some of that was due to the deferred wages from a couple years and probably maybe even to last year, you know, when we were really, you know, uh, shoulder deep in, in trouble. Regardless, 38 million euros that he's left on the table. What do you think about that's, all this? I mean, that's something else. Um, it, you know, begs the question as to, you know, uh, how you know obviously we know how he's well he's a well-paid uh professional athlete but um i also did a quick little research on that as well and the 38 uh, million euros but yeah it did say in mundo that that he was supposed to get the deferred from the pandemic money like 20 million euros he was supposed to still get but it's everything after that he wasn't going to get like that he chose to to not take so it sounds like he's still getting some he's still walking away at some chunk of money um even even then some he must 
he must have some deal on the table. He must have something, you know, that's lined up, even though nobody knows what it is right now. Um, you, you just don't walk away from that money without having something uh, pretty secure. Yeah. Yeah. And of course I think, you know, as the days go on here, we'll probably get some more details on exactly, you know, the financial terms, you know, and what they are. Cause again, first thing this morning was he was, you know, just, that was it. The year was done, whatever he was supposed to get paid. You know, he's just leaving that on the table. But like you said, and I've seen it too on Twitter, no, everything that's due to due to him up to this point, he's expecting to be paid, which honestly, that's fair, right? I mean, the deferred wages were supposed to get paid. Those are, you know, monies that he earned and he agreed to, you know, defer those to help the club when we were at our darkest hour. So it's fair that he gets paid. So yeah, I mean, if it's a 20 million euro payout from deferred wages and Barca gives them that free bill to go sign with somebody else, that's a really still a pretty good deal uh, uh, in his eyes, right? And, you know, if you were a player, I would you know certainly take that deal as well. There has to be something though, right? Because nobody gives up, regardless of what that what the monies would be for if he played another year. Nobody in their right mind gives up millions of dollars just to say, hey, I'm going to do what's right for the club, right? I mean, you're talking about this is all he's ever done is played football slash soccer. This is all he knows. I don't know if he has other business ventures or not, but we're talking about he's got a new baby coming in July, so he's got a family to take care of. Nobody just says, I, you don't have to pay me. Don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll just go for free. To, you know, nobody yeah. does that. It'll come out. We will find out, like you said, soon enough. Um, today I decided I was before I'd take out my 2015, 2016. This is a Jordi Alba jersey I'm wearing nice. here. I have, yeah. I actually have one. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's going to be. I think it's one of those that he's. You know, we 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 all. I think have had amazing moments, uh, Jordi Alba moments yeah. where he's been the savior with some just amazing, just goals or assists that have been just, you know, iconic for, you know, for the club over the years. But, you know, obviously to the today's Barca community, the last couple of years has probably been just living in this torn world where, you know, if all we had was offense, I think we would be happy if we didn't ha ask him to do any defense, but we know that that's not the reality and it's definitely not the club we are today. Uh, so clearly, you know, as defensively sound as we've shown our this Javi era to be, um, he's not the man for, for yeah. that moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've saw that in the big games, right? Maybe, maybe La Liga, we would be safe if he was starting or playing more minutes, right? But when you're talking about those European competitions, when the tempo and pace is much quicker, I mean, he was certainly a weakness, right? Because you know, obviously he did a really good job of pushing forward. I mean, you think of all the assists that he had to Messi, you know, and even some of those key goals that helped us win games, you know, even this year and, and last year and the year before that. But his greatest weakness has always been getting back and, and getting back in time and, and playing defense. So and that's in those big European competition games where we would just get slice and dice, right? Like in that quick transition, we just could not handle it. So um another player that uh, you know i saw there's a you i don't know if you're on twitter or not but there's that image that's been going around that shows the 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 team photo of the of the championship game the last time barca won the champions league and as they've left they get grayed out and and really the i think the only player left in that picture is 
Ter Stegen, like everybody else is all grayed out now. And it's, you know, it's actually, I always, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment of the season and some, you know, like him or Busquets made a, uh, made a mistake. You're like, we don't, you know, you're like immediately in attack mode. These guys got to go. We can't use them anymore. But at the minute that they announce that they're leaving you, you know, obviously you, you get empathetic with them, have some sympathy and be like, here's another, you know, club legend, uh, club great, you know, leaving. And, you know, really we're almost to that point. Like I said, Ter Stegen being that, that remaining member that that whole entire team from the last champion league victory is gone. So it's completely, you know, revamped team. So I, I don't know. How do you feel when these guys, I mean, we all talk about it, right? So for anybody that's listening, I mentioned it all the time, our WhatsApp group. And we're pretty truthful. We're pretty to the point in that group. But how, how, how do you feel when these guys announce that they're – I mean, I, I didn't expect – I put in the WhatsApp group this morning. In 30 days ago, who would have forecasted that Busquets and Elba would have said that they're leaving the club, you know, this would be their final year? So how do you feel when these guys announce this? I think it's just uh, – it feels like – Okay, I'm just like okay. I'm I've got to be okay with it because we've been here all together year over year over year, just wondering when you know when are these guys gonna when are we gonna change up the team? When are we going to get some fresh blood in there? And how are we gonna make things different? And it honestly, it it was it's Javi, Javi, and what he's doing and the changes with the club. uh, We finally have a momentum moving in forward out of that era. Um, and part of that might be just, you know, maybe that was forced on us with the financial situations with Messi leaving. Uh, maybe that's been forced on us for, you know, uh, you just for the, the reality of where we are, but I'm, yeah, I'm just okay with it. I have, you know, I, yeah. I'm not going to, there's no way I'm not, I'm going to be like, no, Jordy's got to stay. <laughs> he needs yeah. his position. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody today that's, that's going to be like, you know, you know, flying that flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, I think when Xavi came in to be the coach, a lot of people, you know, the first thing that you think of is really hard to manage ex-teammates, right? Like, you guys were teammates. Will they respect you as the manager? But it seems like, and we always talk about it, Barcelona's always had this issue with letting players go, right? Like, they've strung it along. Or may it just maybe it just seems that way since we've been in, pan, you know, post-pandemic and, financial issues or whatever but it just seems like these decisions just came were pretty clean right like Busquets there were some rumors leading up to it you know he was staying he was going nothing really concrete then all of a sudden one day he's leaving the club posts about it there's a video you you know that they must have known it for some for at at least a couple days or at least a day in advance in order to put those videos together and the same thing with Elba Barcelona I mean literally probably I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and a half after I saw the first post from uh, Romero on Twitter, uh, you know, they had a video, you know, out about Jordi Alba. So perhaps they're they're building these in the background because they know that one day it's going to happen. But it just seems like it's been a pretty clean cut, you know, transaction once somebody announces this. So do you think that Chavi has had a lot of input with these, with these, especially since they're, they've, they've been ex-teammates where I really can just sit them down one-to-one and say, look, you know, we need to move on. We need to, here's where we're at, right? You don't want, I don't want you sitting on the bench. I feel bad with your, you know, sitting, especially Alba, because Busquets played a lot more than Alba did this year. You know, so we're just specifically talking about him. Do you think that he's really, you know, been able to say friend to friend, 
you know, mano y mano, like, hey, look, we just really got to move on? Or do you think it was more of Jordi Alba seeing, hey, all my friends are leaving, Busquets is going to be leaving, Messi's not back, like he's, you know, the dynamic in the locker room has changed, right? Like there's younger players in there. You you see them, all the videos, the younger guys are sticking together. Some of the older veterans are kind of by themselves. What do you, how do you think that this all went down where Jordi Alba finally came to the conclusion that I, I'm done? I, I don't feel like Javi's the, the forceful coach that's trying to make big changes and push people out and just, he's that persona is just, I'm not seeing that type of persona from him. <clears throat> I think you, we've seen more of the, you know, support and, and the comp showing the confidence in the, all these players. And I think if I, if I had to imagine, I would think Javi was the coach that would be like, try to convince them to stay and fit today's role and what we could expect from them and what, and to have them continue to contribute. Like I'm sure you would love Boosie to continue to contribute and be in a role um, that would just slightly be different than what he's doing today. instead of being the focus uh, week, uh, week in and week out. But the reality is, you know, I think time comes for everybody and they see the writing on the wall. And I think if there's a good time to leave, leave as a champion like you know this is it like you know yeah go out on you know on this parade here um instead of next year who knows what happens next year so um yeah. i think this is a positive this is a this is a, this is the way you go so yeah like you said it may not have you know this may have all come together in you know the moment they became champions it it solidified their decisions that's how i probably see it yeah yeah the one thing that kind of resonates with me is there was a game. I don't remember the game not too long ago within the last, I think last month, maybe where, um, and maybe you saw it on social media where Gavi is kind of close to Chavi on the sidelines there. It's kind of a view where they're looking out from the bench onto the field and Jordi Alba is coming on for uh, Rafinha and Gavi is like phys physically pissed about, uh, about Alba coming on for Rafinha. And I just remember that. And I'm like, you know, there's like dynamics are certainly changing in this locker room where, you know, you had Messi, you had, you had uh, Busquets, you had Alba, you had players like that, that owned the locker room. Right. I mean, they were the veterans. And then we got these new guys coming in. And um, as soon as I heard that Jordi, the Jordi Alba announcement this morning, I, that, that, video just like flash in my mind and I'm like, things are changing. So I think it's just, I think it's a combo of a bunch of things and you're right. Now it's time to go, right? Like la uh, camp, they won't play in camp new next year. They'll be in, in you know, in that uh, in the smaller Olympic stadium, you know, do you want to say goodbye there with, you know, half the fans or do you want to go out now? So there's a, just a lot of dynamics at play, but I think we're all, you know, open to this. I think we all are, are good with this because we knew that we have to move on. We have to get younger. We have to get more athletic. We have to build up, you know, the style of play that's quicker, especially for those European nights. So uh, we'll certainly celebrate, you know, his fantastic career at Barcelona, maybe best left back we've ever had. And maybe that's for another discussion point, but I think he's, you know, certainly at the top of the top of the list, especially when you talk about, loving Barca style, that free-flowing scoring style and the amount of assists that he had kicked in from that left-hand side. But uh, I'm certainly uh, sure more discussions about uh, Jordi will come uh, as we move along. So let's move forward. 
Now let's talk about uh, Barcelona losing to Real Valladolid. Um, I don't know how you feel, <laughs> but I am competitive, right? And so I don't like to lose any of the games. And, uh, you know, so I always have to take a step back and not, you know, again, uh, you know, my go-to is to just start chirping in the WhatsApp group or talk to my friends and just really, you know, not not be happy about it. Um, I'm still not happy about the competitive spirit that I saw in that game. The league's won, right? The league's won. But are should we expect more or are we should we be okay with the way that that game played out? And I guess the previous game against Sociedad, like, I mean, that's two consecutive losses. One in our house, one on the road. Should we be okay with this? Or is this something that, as Barca fans, we should demand more from this team? I, you know, I, I echoed Craig's sentiment that, you know what, I could almost care less if we, you, we, we lost four nil the rest of these games. You know, uh, I think though, you know, I, I'd probably step a little bit farther away from that after watching the the second game in a row of us losing, um, you know, it, it, it's just painful to watch. It's just super painful to watch when, um, you know, that they're there it, it, from a numbers perspective. No, I, I, I really don't care. I wanted that championship. That was, that was the key here is that I'm thankful for winning this championship through what really was a ton of adversity throughout the, throughout the year. Um, but, you know, Am I surprised by, you know, this, the fact that, you know, that how we got here, how is it that we're here playing the way we are playing in those, the last two games? Um, Part of me is not surprised uh, by that because, and and I can, I make this analogy and this is, this funny. One of my favorite comedians uh, back from the eighties. So I'm going to date myself here named Stephen Wright you know, King of deadpan, you know, if anybody yep. knows him, his, one of his lines was the human body is made up of 98% water. That means everybody is that far away from drowning. <laughs> and when I think about that joke, yeah. right. I felt like we were that just that far away yeah. from drowning on any given day on any given game. And the analogy is that when you look at the spectrum of, of you know, confidence in our ability to win across the spectrum all season long, you know, in the past, you'd have the 200 pound messy elephant on one side of the teeter totter, you know, and it didn't matter how bad we played. Very rarely did that tip the teeter totter the other way. We always had messy, right? We always had something. We always had something. But this year, I feel like we're just sitting right there in the middle, right? We could just sway to the left. We sway a little bit to the right and things just fall apart. And I think this season, just even when you look at the fact that we had five Real Madrid matches that we, you know, Classicos, if you look back at those and you look at the lot, the first loss, 3-1, you know, we had Eric and Sergi in there for Arahu and Christensen. Yeah. Didn't, we didn't do too well, right? When no. we, when we <laughs> lost those two, no. yeah. we then win the Supercopa with the Gala 11, Gala 11. We had everybody, we had the perfect yeah. mix and guess what? We dominated them one, three, right? Then you go into the first away leg of the Copa and you lose Dembele and you lose Pedri and Christensen. And guess what's happening there? You know, we actually win, but we win so ugly. It was just, you know, with a nil win one away. And then, of course, we win. We get what? 
We get we only lost Pedri for the two one win in La Liga, but we had we had a solid back line. We had the back right. We had Balde, uh, Christensen, uh, Rahu, and Kunde. We had everybody in place. The only person we didn't have, and we won two one with only losing Pedri. And then we had a disastrous loss when you saw the fact that Alonzo was in there for Christensen. <laughs> we had Sergi and Kessie in there for Pedri and FDJ and we fell apart. So I feel like we've been living on, you know, we're just like this close away from drowning, you know, yeah. like either we, we just needed this perfect, we needed that perfect 11 all season for us to be able to be successful. And, you know, you start taking away a couple of those players and all of a sudden the performances I mean, clearly, I mean, I think that Real Madrid, the El Clasicos were a perfect example of what happens when we lose players and we have too many substitutes. We just were not strong enough in depth. Uh, so guess what? You get into these two final games here with zero, you know, you got no motivation. There's no way you're these two games, our players are ever going to be up as up for it as uh, as Valladolid or is up for it as, you know, La Real was going, we're going to be. Um, and we've got two more games to have to, to endure. Um, <laughs> and you've got, you've got these, you know, you had no Pedri, no Busi, no Kunde, you know, uh, and it does, it just doesn't surprise me at this point yeah, because yeah. that we were that close every game from, you know, what was it also, here's the other stat 14 times we won one. Yeah. 14. Yeah. Call that luck, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we're still. Maybe I mean, that close from not winning. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, my. I guess. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, yes. We we all think we all know that there's. You know, you got your eleven and or twelve players. You know, if they're all healthy, you know, we can compete. Obviously, in La Liga, we we're not. We won't talk about the on the European side. But my my biggest thing with this team, and it has been with Barca for a while now. Is the their lack of ability to like keep a certain level of intensity or competitiveness? You know what I mean? Like they really can turn it off, like off. You know what I mean? And they can turn it on, right? When we're playing Madrid, it's never a question, right? Have you ever questioned, you know, Barca's intensity or competitiveness when they're playing Madrid? I can't remember ever questioning that. Maybe the second half of the four nil game where we're getting our asses kicked they probably turned it off and like this game's over but that's kind of natural but you but you know that all these other la liga teams when they play barca or they play madrid that's like their shining light of the season right like they want to they turn it up to 11 yeah yeah they want to give it all i mean their goal in life at that at that time is to beat us and i've just always worried like how as professional athletes can you just go out there and just be like Oh, oh, well, you know what I mean? Like if we lost like two to one or, you know, like by a goal or something like that, you know, where it was close, you could tell they were trying, but to be down like three to nothing against Valladolid, uh, you know, like a team that's fighting for to stay above the relegation zone. To me, I was like, it just enraged me. I'm like, come on guys. Like, yeah, you only, I know the league's won. I know that this isn't the normal starting lineup, but there was just a, some players out there that were just like this. We're out here because we're getting paid to be out here. We got to be out here, but you could clearly see it in their body language that they could care less if they won or lost. And so I guess the future thinking me is always like, they got to get to a level where they're 
and even even Chavi said it like he said in the press conference like we we got issues with you know you know being competitive or that intensity when will this team like build it up like here's a minimum level of intensity that we have to have no matter who we're playing because if you look at the champion te- championship teams across all sports right i know you watch multiple sports like they all have this minimum yet yeah, do they get caught you know where they're surprised and you can tell there's a game that you know maybe they just come off a big you know a big victory we see it all the time right teams come off big victories the next game they're playing a lesser opponent and they get caught that's a that's t- that's a natural motion in sports because you can't be that high up in the intensity level or focus all the time right but I, so that's why I said for the Sociedad game, I thought, oh, that's okay. Like, not a big deal. We just won the league. They were partying all week, two to one. They're a team that's playing really good ball, uh, football right now. You know, they're fighting. You know, they had something to fight for, right? They're fighting for Champions League. I get that game. But this game on uh, this weekend, for me, just really rubbed me wrong. And I'm like, okay, like, I know we're at the end of the season. We're just going to wash it, put it under the bridge for this year. But next year, when things are changing, you know, I that's like the one key thing that I'd like to see is that they set that minimum level of competitiveness up a notch because, like you talked about, all those one to nil games, you know, 14 what'd you say? Were there 14, 14. or 15? 14 games, one mistake, right? One Eric Garcia <laughs> foul in the box. You know, one, you know, one mistake by Terstegen, you know, one bad pass by, you know, Boozy, something like that. And those, you know, 14 games could have been seven and seven, right? Seven, seven wins, maybe seven draws. Or, I mean, that's really, when you look at those games, that's about as, uh, that's obviously as, as good as Barca, the odds of them, you know, getting those points from those games could have been. In a different world, a lot of those games we you know we draw or maybe we even lose. So that's why I'm just in some of those games that we won one oh we did what we had to do to score that goal, and then you could just see the team settle down like it's not a big deal. And that's what I'm talking about that like level. We got to get to that winning. I guess we'll just not, let's not say it's intensity or competitiveness. It's that winning level. Like we know. Okay, 1-0 in the Liga is not good enough. We need to put another one in and let's close this game out. You know what I mean? You just – I think this team still lacks that. And maybe it's because you have those older players who are team leaders that knew, hey, I'm probably out of here next year. And then you got a bunch of other younger guys that, you know, lack that leadership quality. But for me, again, I'm super happy they won the league. Don't get me wrong. That's what I wanted as well. I'm happy that they're back. I don't want to be that guy that's like complaining no matter what. But for me, that'll be like a key thing to look at for next year. Like, can they turn it up a notch, you know, in those games that they have to when we're playing, you know, opponents like we did this weekend. So we can either come out with a draw or a win and turn those into points. So, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. All right. Kunde. So I was, okay. So I was in my uh, being pissed off hangover about this game and then i heard heard this kunde rumor that kunde you know there was a rumor on twitter that he says go ahead and sell me if you have the opportunity sell me you know and it was kind of mixed in i'm not happy you know playing right back you know and some people said he was guaranteed to play center back and that's where he wants to play so of course in the whatsapp group i'm taking a really hard stance on this i'm like sell him like if, if this is barcelona like this is a privilege to play here you knew what you're signing up for. And if a guy's saying, hey, go ahead and sell me, then I do what he's asking and sell his ass and get him out of here. 
I've, of course, kind of come down from that because I was, uh, again, I was really <laughs> not happy about that game. What do you think? What do you think about Kunde? First, do you think these rumors are true? And regardless of if they are, what what, what do you think if a guy, it, let's say that they were true, and it, not just specifically about Kunde, but just anybody. If a Barca player says, just go ahead and sell me, what's with somebody like that? You know, I mean, that for the first part of this is, you know, are the rumors true or not? And so I've, I think over the years, I've done a very good job of just being able to compartmentalize rumors and facts and going, okay, if, you know, did he say it? What context did he say it in that he'd be open to? Was he set up with the question about would he be willing and want to, you know, you know, all the conversations we heard and rumors of, you know, him saying he's not happy with you know, playing, uh, you know, at right back at verse. And again, you don't know the context or the translation. And so for me, I let that just sit out here and I don't, you know, I don't give it much credence uh, to the rumors. I'll let Javi figure out how to best handle, you know, whether or not he's going to support it or not. But in the end, if you legitimately, to your point, your question, he, someone absolutely wants to leave. Well, then you've got to figure out a way to, to, you know, to get that, to let them go. Because if they're not happy, it, it's just, there's sound, there would be way too many negative impacts to the club, just keeping them there because they have an obligation. That doesn't make any sense. So I'm, um, like I said, I, I, you know, I hope it's not the case. You know, he came to Barcelona for a reason and I hope that, you know, it really isn't between uh, center back and right back. That's going to be like the different that's going to make or break him uh, in his happiness uh, level at the club. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And um, just more to come on that. Yeah, you were obviously um, probably when you saw that in a better emotional uh, emotional state than I was. Because like I said, I was I actually had to watch the the this weekend's game later. I was traveling, so I wasn't able to watch it live. And um, so, again, I kind of had just watched it. I And I always watch the Barca games twice because I just like to check things out. And, of course, I when these Kunde rumors had come out, I had just uh, just got done watching it a second time, so I was really uh, not happy about things. But for, for Kunde, um, let's keep talking about him because, okay, so – Let's say let's say this was all a rumor. And again, coming out th- this week, you know there was or uh, yesterday or today even there was a second side to that saying no, that's not what he said. You know there was it's being blown out of proportion, and I get that. And you know, but they were saying some things about the locker room. You know he's feeling uneasy now. The board is like alert to him because of this whatever. So let's just let's just say that let's just squash that and say that's not what he meant. He wants to stay. We only have room for two starting center backs. So who do you start? Because now we have this conundrum, but maybe not such a big of one because you got Araujo, you got Christensen, you got Kunde. Okay, let's say Barca goes out into the market, albeit in signs a, a, a right back, although they have come out and said that's not a priority, but let's say they do, right? Let's say they sign a better than average right back. So we don't have to have Kunde shifting over to the right back for most games or order out home. Maybe there's an occasional game based on a setup, but for all intents and purposes, we have a starting right back. Who do you start as the two center backs? I still start 
Arahu and Christensen. I mean, yeah. I think Christensen, you know, I, I I'm not going to penalize him for it, this own goal from from uh, a couple days ago. Um, that's you know obviously quite a fluke uh, yeah. Yeah. there, but he is just proven just. Oh, he's proven over and over and over again, how solid and what an amazing get we we've had with, for him. Um, and I, I love it. I love the, I love the pairing. I love two tall center backs in the back. And uh, Christian Chin for me is just, as long as he can stay healthy, he's got to stay and he's got to also start. So, I mean, we would be ideal, right? Let's be selfish and say, yeah, we want Kunde. I mean, and to rotate, right? Because guess what'll happen? We're gonna put a Rahu unless we get a really good right back. We're gonna put a Rahu on Vinny again, and we're gonna need Kunde in there anyways. So at least twice a year, that, that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need yeah. him back there. But we definitely, and then of course, if we want to make a good Champions League run, and we're playing every three days, again. We need these center backs and someone's going to get hurt. The reality is someone's going to get hurt. They always do. And so um, I, he has a place. There's clearly a place for him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was going to go to the injuries, right? Because Araujo has been injured. Christensen's been injured. So, you know, we don't want to obviously ship out somebody when we don't have any depth, right? Because the last thing you want to have is Eric Garcia in on there. I mean, obviously we've seen what he's done, like, uh, or not done for us or the, or the damage that he's done. And so, yeah, we certainly need to, to, to obviously keep Kunde, keep him happy. Uh, and again, that's a 180 from where I was yesterday, where in the WhatsApp group, I said, ship his ass off. So, but I've, I've smartened up a little bit here in the last <laughs> 24 hours and maybe then that gives us the chance for rotation, right? Because that's been a, that's an issue with Barcelona. Like, again, we talked about, you know, with these going back to these one Oh wins, like we have that, you know, that starting 11 or starting 12, but we know that there's a, such a dip in, in talent, you know, outside of that, that, you know, we certainly can't let him go. And then we know that these seasons go long. There's so many competitions, so you can't always start, Araujo and Christensen, who, by the way, would be my starting two as well. But you, you can't start them every game. So it would give you the, the availability to do some rotation. But that means that somebody or maybe all of them are not going to be able to play as, you know every game like they like to. So, um, But we'll have to see how, how Chavi works that out. So, And um, I don't know if he even has any offers anyway, right? You know, But for me, like I said, I'm with you, Christensen certainly starts over Kunde. The guy was a free transfer, obviously a brilliant pickup, but b- bigger, bigger for me than the transfer policy or free transfer was the, the, the guys always wanted to play for Barca. He's got those pictures up when he was a little kid and he's in his you know little Barca kid or whatever. And those are the players that usually when this is a dream come true for them, you know, they'll do anything for the team, anything for the squad. And he's just come in and done that been the most solid, not the, fanciest not the flashiest not the most athletic but just absolutely rock solid when he's healthy and so um so yeah so we'll we'll see how that all plays out um obviously i'll jump in and just say we can't forget that we're pretty much i mean everything in in inigo martinez i mean is coming so if you've got inigo martinez coming you know let's hope that he he's willing to play that secondary you know type yeah you know center back role then 
I mean, I'll like, like selfishly, I'd love it. I'd love to have all four of them, right? Yeah. Arahu, yeah. Christensen, Kunde, Inigo Martinez, and then that'd be amazing. And yeah, but we, yeah, we need a right back. Yeah, you could even have a fifth for depth in there of Chadi Riyadh, who I think, um, you know, I cover a lot of our of the youth activities, and he's a player that's been earmarked to start getting time with the first team. Uh, again, he knows our style. I mean, he's been in, he's been in La Masia for multiple years now. He can pass out of the back, you know, um, where I think Kunde's biggest weakness is his passing, but he can certainly pass out of the back. He knows how to play within our style. We've seen it time and time again that these players that come out of La Masia, you know, where you might not hear about them being the greatest youth player on the planet, but look, he, but for me, he's another Balde, right? Like how many people, if you Barca fans that didn't pay attention to, you know, Barca B or Juvenal A knew anything about Balde before he stepped, before, you know, Xavi gave him a chance to start. Nobody knew anything hardly about him. You know, they just knew he's a guy, you know, that we had to put in there because of, you know, the circumstances of, with the finances and things like that. But look at him now, right? Now we're saying, oh, we got a, you know, we got a world-class left back for the next 10 years. And, you know, of course he came from La Masia, so they're, you know, pumping him up or whatever. But Chadi Riyad is that same type of player where he just needs to to get the chance. And hopefully, hopefully he gets to that time uh, coming this season. Because I, to me, He's a quality player, big, big kid too. I don't know if you've ever seen him like physically. Yeah. He's a big kid. Reminds me of Araujo, plays a lot like Araujo, better passer, but has that intensity and that passion to, you know, put his body on the line and do whatever it takes to, you know, on the defensive side. So everything looks good for us on that center back position here for from now on into the future. We obviously need to get Araujo. Uh, his deal needs to be uh, registered. Balde's deal needs to be registered. Gavi's deal needs to be registered. So we got a lot of things going on with those, but that's for a whole nother episode. So, <laughs> uh, and that, that gives us a lot to talk about in the summertime, but uh, all right, lastly. So like I said, in the intro, you, you uh, are from the Pena down in Houston. You're the president, you know, and you, you do put together trips for, uh, for people, for Pena members that come over to the U S you did it this year. But obviously, this summer Barca's coming to the U.S. They're coming to you. So, any news on the on the tour that's going to happen? I know that they're obviously playing Madrid. They're playing uh, Arsenal. I don't even remember who else they're playing after that. I know there's three <laughs> or four games. But any any updates or news? Yeah. Or items we well, the the sales uh, took place. We had a busy busy week. The sales kicked off last week. Uh, because I'm here in Houston in the backyard of the uh, El Clasico uh, tour in Dallas at AT&T Stadium. Uh, thank goodness, first off, that they're at AT&T Stadium and not the Cotton Bowl this year. So yeah, um, I, I've taken a lead uh, along with um, uh, one of my fellow Peñas in Austin. Um, and we are going to be working on putting together a Friday night activity uh, event for uh, all the ticket, uh, all those who bought pre-sale tickets from us uh, initially. Um, so we're going to have a Friday event somewhere in Dallas. We're going to have, it's a great way to just, you know, people are coming into town to gather. Um, we're going to be opening that up, hopefully, depending on the space uh, for as many people as we can and other Kool-Aids to show up. But we're also inviting the club and all the traveling executives. And, you know, in 2018, not only that, but we actually had Luis Garcia, a uh, legend uh, was there who we see on ESPN all the time. He was there as well. So we're hoping that, you know, with any luck, cross our fingers, we're going to have some 
uh, maybe a legend, maybe a player. So we're, we're tr- we've got a lot of uh, things we're working on right now to have that Friday event and make that a successful event for the traveling fans. Uh, Saturday, we're seeing what's possible up there for possible a pre-match event. But um, ultimately, again, uh, you know, it's we've got Dallas with El Clasico. SoFi has got in L.A. the, uh, Arsenal, the Ar- Arsenal right? match. Yeah. Uh, we got they're back at um, Allegiant uh, there in Las Vegas, uh, the Raiders Stadium again for, I believe, I'm not actually, actually sure. I think it might be, don't know. Um, and that, it might be AC Milan, I think. And then yeah, it's, yeah, I think, Juventus yeah. up at, in San Francisco. So yeah. uh, my friend Matt uh, Manson, the president up there, he's organizing events uh, for that as well. So we've got, a, again, the summer tour is here. Um, it's always kind of exciting. Um, it's what, you know, I think the reality, the one thing that, you know, constantly people have concerns with is like how expensive the tickets are for these type of events. Yeah. And, uh, and, but we also know that, that this is just, a, this is, yes, it's a true preseason, you know, yes, they're training. Um, and they, you know, they take it serious from that aspect, but it's a, it's, clearly a money-making endeavor uh project <laughs> yeah. you know year yeah. in and year out and the united states is just prime for that um i've been to everyone 2017 18 19 last year uh and 22 and here we are again with another tour so uh we are very fortunate if we think about our the u.s versus the rest of the world for these work for these tours to be able to have them come and it's it's a great celebration uh is kind of what it is uh, to be able to be out there with fellow Kool-Aids and, you know, in, you know, Troy, this is right up your alley, right? Cause it's the kids, the kids, yeah. the kids are playing, they're, they're getting lots of minutes out there. So uh, yeah. it's always a pleasure to see. Yeah. I was just going to, I was going to say, obviously with all the transactions that, you know, people are forca- forecasting for this summer, you know, there have been years in the past where Barca, where it was a lot of the kids, right? So it's time, you know, it's just, you know, the stars were taking the summer off. It was long season or whatever. But uh, I think the I think the last couple of years that they've come, a good amount of the roster has come, if not all of it, right? I mean, obviously, I think that for the El Clasico in Las Vegas, I think everybody was there, um, you know, for, for some of those games. So these are all pretty big games, right? So I, I think that the rosters that they'll bring will be pretty loaded. And then we're going to have a lot of, I think we'll have new players, right. You know, based on the selling that goes on and, and the additions that we bring in. And so I think that what Barca wants to do is really utilize this time instead of just playing only the kids and, and doing that type of tour where we're getting these new players in locked and loaded as quick as they can, so they can hit the pitch and start to develop with their, with their teammates. So if you're, that's my that's my opinion. I think that's what they'll do. So if you're out there, you're in, in the United States and you're a Barca fan and you're on the fence for getting tickets, my advice would be I would buy those tickets. I think you'll see the majority of the roster, if not all of it, plus the new players. And so yeah, it is normally expensive, but I think you'll get I think you'll get your money's worth. And because uh, there's like you were talking about, there's usually a lot of activities, you know, outside of the stadium before the game goes on. I remember. Um, I think it was, I forget the last year they played down in Dallas. It was either 2017 or 2018. I mean, it was a day full, day full of activities. We were there against, uh, I believe it was against Roma that they played and uh, we were there and it was, it was super fun. Definitely worth all the money. Obviously these are a little bit more expensive than it was back then, but, uh, but uh, still, still worth the money. So, and I think the, 
I think obviously your your game that you're talking about in Dallas, the tickets were 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 pretty steep. But the, the, yeah. the El Clasico tickets last two years yeah. because of El Clasico, they they clearly are taking advantage of that. I, I will yeah, say yeah, yeah. for if you were traveling, uh, go to San Francisco. You yeah. go to Las Vegas, and yeah. you'll have really like a quarter of the price. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. 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 I, I had looked up the tickets for the Arsenal game at uh, SoFi, and they were definitely they were definitely more than fifty percent cheaper than El Clasico. El Clasico is going to sell out. I, I mean, there's no doubt about that, but there is nothing like, doesn't matter where it's at. Obviously seeing it in Camp New is a little bit more special, but there's nothing like seeing an El Clasico, even if it's in the United States. So um, I, I'm still undecided on whether I want to go to that game or the Arsenal game, but uh, I've got a little bit of time here and, and to, to decide. But uh, Victor, I thank you uh, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, again, as I said last week and the previous weeks, we're just the, it's going to be the summertime madness. We're just heating up here. We're supposedly we're going to hear another announcement by time uh, Sunday's game, the last game in Camp New, as we know it now, comes on. So there'll be some more chatter about potentially another player leaving. So, but we'll leave that for the other guys to maybe maybe Remy can record that on Friday, uh, or uh, or uh, Gabriel and uh, Craig on the on the following week. We'll see what happens. But I appreciate you joining me. Thanks so much. Take care. See you uh, all you coolays later. Hey, Visca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network.